So we are in a series where we are looking at the Minor Prophets, uh, and I really encourage you to read the Minor Prophets with me throughout this series. Uh, we have each and every week we focus on one prophet, and the encouragement is to try to figure out what the central message is and for us to think about. If you've got your Bibles, uh, I invite you to open up uh, to the book of Obadiah. Uh, and for those of you who are going to join us when you feel comfortable in person, I really encourage you uh, to bring your Bible with you. Now, I know that some of you may have it on your phone, which is great. Uh, but if not, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles, your physical Bibles uh, with you uh, when you come and gather in person for worship. Uh, now, the minor prophets are not minor, meaning that they are less significant. Uh, you have uh, Ezekiel, you have uh, Isaiah, Daniel, those are considered the major prophets, and those are just longer books. Uh, but the shorter prophets are called minor prophets um, because simply of their length. Obadiah, if you're going to read it with me this week, you're going to be glad to know, is 21 verses. Uh, but yet, many of us have probably never read the book of Obadiah. Uh, and so we have been noticing on our Bible studies, several have commented, this is like some of the first times that they have ever even looked into and studied uh, some of the minor prophets. And so if you want to take what we talk about today and kind of go a little deeper, uh, at the end of the service, you can uh, jump in and sign up for our Wednesday Bible study as we're going to take uh, the text of Obadiah and go a, a little bit further into it. Uh, but, but I just encourage you to read that this week. Now, one thing that's unusual about Obadiah is that most of the prophets that we've read, so so far we've looked at Hosea, Joel, Amos, all of those are being prophetic to the uh, people of Israel. Uh, and what Obadiah is writing to is, I, Obadiah is being prophetic to the people of Edom, the Edomites. Uh, and so he's not particularly talking to the people uh, of Israel. So the first question that we have to ask ourselves is, who are the Edomites, right? So you look and think the Israelites come from the line of Jacob. And so Jacob had a twin brother, Esau, and Esau had a child, Edom. And so the Edomites are uh, the other line from the twins of Jacob and Esau. And so literally, the Edomites are essentially the cousins of the people of Israel. And yet what we see in the story is that the Edomites were able to ignore the need of the people of Israel. So one core message of Obadiah is that to the people of Israel, the message is um, God is with you against your enemies. And so that's one way you can look at the story of Obadiah. I'm going to switch it up and rather than looking at the people of Israel, I want us to look at the Edomites. What, what's the message that we learn from them? And what I see in them is we see what allows them to literally ignore the need of their cousins, their family members, people in need. Certainly there's the history and there's the, uh, the age and, and battle of the family, but, but also what you see in the story of Obadiah is you see pride. And pride keeps all of us from doing what we ought. Pride often keeps us from doing the things that we need to do. Pride often allows us to disregard the needs of our neighbors. And so what I want us to look at is I want us to look at how pride is talked about in the book of Obadiah. And what you see is to begin with is you see it, it kind of gives us the source of pride. 
And so I want us to read some of the verses. And so if you've got your Bibles, uh, I don't have to tell you the chapter because there's only one chapter, 21 verses. Uh, We're going to read the first nine verses of Obadiah, and it reads this way. The vision of Obadiah, the Lord God proclaims concerning Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. A messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise against her for battle. Look now. I will make you of little importance among the nations. You will be totally despised. Your proud heart has tricked you. You who live in the cracks of the rock, whose dwelling is high above, you who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. If thieves approach you, if robbers by night, how you've been devastated. Wouldn't they steal only what they wanted? If those who gather grapes come to you, wouldn't they leave some grapes? How Esau has been looted, his treasures taken away. All those who were your allies have driven you to the border. Those who were on your side tricked you and triumphed over you. They are setting your own bread as a trap under you. You don't see it coming. Won't I on that day, says the Lord, destroy the wise from Edom? And understanding from Mount Esau, your warriors will be shattered, Teman, and everyone from Mount Esau will be eliminated. They were guilty. They were guilty of pride. They had every opportunity to come to the the aid of their neighbors, Israel, their cousins, but pride kept them from doing that. And what you can see is there are a few things that they put their trust in other than God. One of the things you can see is they put their trust in their accomplishment to, to, to nestle themselves, to settle themselves in what they considered safety, so that they were in the rocks and the crannies. They, they felt secure and safe from, from enemies. And it stops us to think about where do we feel, where do we put our safety and our security? Often we look at the accomplishments we have and the accomplishments that we have done in order to, to put our trust in rather than God. You also see in verses five and six, and if you've got your Bible, just keep it open, you see them talking about their assets. They had so much that if, if they were, if somebody came along and took some of the stuff that they had, there would still be left over. I stop and think about us, particularly us in the American church. We have so much, we've been blessed with so much, but do we put our trust in that rather than in God. We also see in verse 7 that they put their trust in their allies. And I think this is one of those interesting texts because I think it's important that we have allies that we trust, but do we, do we put our relationships as more important than God? I often think about children and marriage. I'm getting ready next weekend to do a marriage and we're going to talk about uniting two into one. But I don't think that the scripture is talking about the fact that 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 makes us more complete because our completeness is found in Jesus Christ. Our completeness is found in God. And so we have to look at the relationships we have, the allies that we have, and we have to stop and think, where do we put our trust? And then also the scripture talks about them looking at their military wisdom as speaking about their authority, their authority over enemies. The reality is in this text, the Edomites put their trust in everything except God. Their allies, their authority, they put it into their assets, they put it into their accomplishments. And the question we have to ask ourselves is where do we see ourselves in that story? 
And the truth is that the deception that they have comes from their pride. By putting their trust in allies and accomplishments and assets, they are deceived, the scripture says. Look at how Proverbs describes it in Proverbs 16. Pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. If you go back and look in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, it says that pride is one of the things that God hates. Why do you think God hates pride? Because pride, or at least for me, pride blocks us from being able to hear God. Pride blocks us from being able to, to do what God wants us to do because we see ourselves as more important. We make everything focused about ourselves. And so God hates that part because it's hard for us to change because of the pride. I think about the story, and it's a story many of us all know, the story of the Titanic. And I just want you all to think about the fact that when that ship set sail, they were convinced it was unsinkable. And yet, we know the story. Over 1,500 passengers died when that ship sank because they weren't able to even look at the obstacles around them. They weren't worried about anything. Where do we see ourselves in the story of pride, in the source of pride? Anything that we put our trust in over God, we have to begin to focus and say, is that a source of pride for us? And is that setting us up for a fall? Now, one of the ways that we can do that, because it's so hard for us to see pride in ourselves, one of the ways that we can do that is we can look at the symptoms or, or uh, evidence of pride. And it's great that Obadiah gives us that. So let's continue reading. Look at verse 10. It says, Because of the slaughter and violence done to your brother Jacob, shame will cover you, and you will be destroyed forever. You stood nearby, strangers carried off his wealth, and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem. You too were like one of them, but you should have taken no pleasure over your brother on the day of his misery. You shouldn't have rejoiced over the people of Judah on the day of their devastation. You shouldn't have bragged on their day of hardship. You shouldn't have entered the gate of my people on the day of their defeat. You shouldn't have even looked on his suffering on the day of his disaster. You shouldn't have stolen his possessions on the day of his distress. You shouldn't have waited on the roads to destroy his escapees. You shouldn't have handed over his survivors on the day of defeat. Specific ways that pride is manifested in the people of Edom challenge us to examine ourselves. If we can't see the source of pride in ourselves, we can begin to at least look at do we manifest the symptoms of pride to challenge us? And what we see in the scripture is one is that we see passive, um, passive reaction to injustice. Did you notice that? Edom stood by and watched the violence done to Israel. The way it's described in that scripture, you stood nearby, strangers carried off his wealth, and foreigners entered his gates. You too were like them. God accused them of actually participating in the injustice because they were idle. I mean, that's the reality. If we look around and we are able to walk past someone who injustice is being inflicted upon and we do nothing, God says you're part of it. That we become just as guilty in that sense. So passive action against injustice 
is a symptom of pride that should push us to stop and go, okay, so where's the source of that pride? You also see active rejoicing in another's difficulty. I mean, not only did Edom not intervene, they rejoiced at the calamity of their enemy, right? You shouldn't have looked on his suffering on the day of his disaster. You shouldn't have bragged on their day of hardship. And we don't like to admit it, but there are parts and times where we see someone who we conflict with, and then when we see difficulty in their life, there's a part of us, it's not the part that we like, but there's a part of us that may smile a little bit on the inside. Maybe they're getting their comeuppance. But the scripture says that that is, pride causes that reaction. Pride causes us to be able to be happy about somebody else's misery. And then also we see in this another symptom, this convenient seizing of opportunity. Scripture says you shouldn't have stolen his possessions on the day of distress. You shouldn't have waited on the roads to destroy his escapees. See, Edom took advantage of the situation. And that's, a, that's a something that we can look and examine in our lives when we see us taking, exa- uh, uh, taking advantage of those opportunities at someone else's expense. It's a challenge to us, each and every one of us, to look and think about, do we have pride in our life? What evidence in your life is there that your needs, your wants, are more important than your neighbor's, than your brother? than your sister, than your cousin. Obadiah literally means a servant of God, a worshiper of God. That's Obadiah's response for us or or, or challenge to us is that we become servants of the Most High God. If we want to deal with pride in our life, we have to humble ourselves and become servants of God, willing to cross the street, willing to see our neighbor, how God sees them. I want you this morning to join me as we get to watch a a video. It's just a small clip. It's about three minutes. But I think it powerfully speaks to our ability to not see our neighbor. Y'all check out this video.
on that video, one of the things that really spoke to me was when they said for Shauna, did you notice the family said she didn't even look? How many times do we not see the needy because we don't even look? And then it was equally powerful when the gentleman looks at his wife, for me at least, I guess, life experience, he looked at his wife and he didn't see her. How many times do we see those in need? We may look, but we don't see them. What allows us to do that? What allowed Edom to literally see their family in need and, and do nothing? Change the way you see the homeless. And that was a video about homeless, but it could speak to anything. In our world right now, change the way that you see people who may be of a different color. Change the way that you see people who speak a different language. Change the way that you see immigrants. Change the way that you see people who are gay. Change the way that you see people who are different than you. Make them visible. And if pride is getting in the way, Humble yourselves, the scripture says. There was a great story that we talked about this week in our Wednesday Bible study. I believe it was Cheryl Newstead. She shared that she saw a gentleman who was homeless in Clark Park, and he had a bandage on his arm. And so she stopped and she talked to him, and he lives in his car. And here's what she said. She said, you know, I knew that his bandage, something had happened to him because I stop and talk to him every day. How many of us would never have known that? We would have seen him in the park. We would have discounted him. Maybe never looked his way. You see the difference? And how we react and how we make someone visible. Let me show you this passage in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, humble yourselves under God's power so that he may raise you up in the last day. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It certainly seemed to us if we had gotten the death penalty, this was so that we would have confidence in God who raises the dead instead of ourselves. Confidence in God, putting our trust in the one true God. What I think about when I read the book of Hobadiah is the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And if you know that story, I'm not going to read it to you in scripture. I'm just going to talk about it for a second. You know that story, the Pharisee looks at his neighbor. The Pharisee looks at that person that's different than him. And the Pharisee says, thank you, God, that I'm not like them. Thank you that I'm not in whatever category you have today. Thank you that I'm not them. But the tax collector, the tax collector just says, have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me as a sinner. I believe with all of my heart that God can move mountains. 
but sometimes we're the mountain. Sometimes we're so set in our ways and prideful that we cannot hear the Holy Spirit speak and move in our life. And that is us being able to hear the prophet Obadiah, hear the source of pride, look at the examination and the manifestations of pride and say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you change me. Make them visible. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you praise today for your word. We give you praise for Obadiah and his message to us, your church. Lord, don't let us be prideful people. Let us open ourselves up in this moment to hear your Holy Spirit move in us, move in this place and each home that is listening today. And whoever we're able to walk past, whoever we're able to look at and ignore, help us to humble ourselves as your servants and make them visible. Move in us, your mountains. We know you can do it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.